Welcome to the Highland Herald, a Final Fantasy podcast where we, two Final Fantasy obsessed brothers, discuss everything from Azura to Zell and all things in between. We are your hosts, Wolfkins and Soloist, the Brothers of Light. Hey everybody, and welcome to episode 14 of Highwind Herald. I am one of your hosts, Wolfkins, and as always, I have my brother Soloist here with me. How are you doing, man? Good morning. How are you doing? Uh, he sound chipper. Well, <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> <That's gone. laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I'll take it back. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. Uh, are, are you, for some reason, chipper because of this trivia question, or uh, should I be scared? Yeah, so today's trivia question is a question about mimes. So, um, I know he's in 6, and I think he might be in a few of the older games, but in Final Fantasy VI, one of the last party members that you can get is a mime. What is that mime's name? Oh, God, you do this to me every time. Okay, hold on. This This character's name does appear in other games. Okay, okay mime don't think too hard about it it's two <laughs> syllables oh, and both man. of the syllables are the same thing this isn't the yeti is it no okay a yeti <sighs> is a yeti not a mime go go yeah yes, go, go. yes. <laughs> okay i'm like it's it's one of these two it's either it's either the yeti or it's that other one and i i got go go boom i got a six one that's i man i haven't played six since high school i'm impressed with myself I don't. You probably didn't even get to go go either. <laughs> I did. I did. I mean, I got really far into six. It's okay. Well, go 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 is like one of the last things you do. And if you got to go go and didn't beat the game, then this is an Uncharted three situation. All okay. Over again. Well, we've had this conversation before. Do you, do you get him before the World of Ruin? No. Okay. So maybe I didn't then. Yeah. He's okay. like right. I mean, you can get him a little. You can get him before the last, but you have to be able to like fly. It's so cryptic. You have to go to okay. a specific island and fight I, I this worm. I don't think you understand how things used to go. Okay, I, I, and it wasn't any kind of like getting bored with the game. There would just there would be times when I would get to the on games, something would come up, and then I would just never make it back to them. I mean, that's you like, have no. You've got fifteen <laughs> minutes left in that game. You are <laughs> at the end. You can right. turn it on during lunch and finish it. <laughs> All right, maybe maybe I will do that in the future. Okay, you know what? You know what? <laughs> Going back, this is not Final Fantasy related at all, but let's go back a couple episodes when we made our, our New Year's resolutions. I will put Uncharted 3 on that list. I will finish okay, that sometime. Good. Now, oh it, 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 it might be <laughs> December 31st as I'm counting down to New Year, but I will finish it in 2021. How's well, that? I'll I'll believe it when I see it. Let's say okay. That. Well, it's a long year. I got time, so you just have to have to keep reminding me. Anyway, yeah. that was a good trivia question, and I am glad. We're, hey, that's two for two now. Wow, we you, you know go. you got it last week. I got it this week. We're on. You know, a, I only ask you one part questions. <laughs> Follow yeah. up. That's just part one. Well, I Show always say work. For, for bonus points, though. I mean, it's not yeah. like you have to get both. Come on. Uh-huh. Bless. It was just fun. It was fun last week just watching you trip over the same uh, <laughs> the same trick twice. 
anyway, uh, how, how how have you been doing, man? How's your week been going? Good. I've not done anything in Final Fantasy or gaming a lot in general. Yeah, you've been pretty busy. It, yeah, it's life is life is crazy. Yeah, same here. I mean, I I actually have some Final Fantasy news, but life's been crazy here too with uh, just things things going everywhere and. Anyway, I, I do have some Final Fantasy news, though. I did manage to get my my headpiece from my my tombstones on fourteen, so I'm slowly building out that gear. Uh, I'm, I'm about to finally crack the average item level of five hundred, but uh, just just working towards that slowly. And you'll be happy to know that I have a new main on Smash Bros. God, Sephiroth is so good. Oh, no, it's Sephiroth. Sephiroth is so good. I so I realized I I had literally like six dollars and fifty cents left over on a on a eShop gift card I had. And I was like, that's like exactly how much Sephiroth costs. Why why don't I have this? So I bought him last night and I was I was just playing around a little bit. Oh man, he's fun. He's he a is, lot of fun. He is really, really good. I am really happy with all of his movesets except for yeah. one move. Um one move in particular I don't really care for is his neutral air. So like if you jump in the air and hit the attack button A without yeah. playing in any directions, and he just does that snap thing where a dark circle appears around him. Now, yeah. I mean, they probably did that because a slash with his sword in the air, like, in a circle, would be entirely too big and entirely too broken, but, yeah. like, who cares? <laughs> I, I love awesome. his up B, though. Like, if you charge it and he hits him a bunch of times, that's cool. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't been able to do his, his final smash, whatever, but... Uh, and also, I'm having... I have a little bit of trouble utilizing the the over B to the best of its ability the one that like kind of puts little dots around them do you know what i'm talking yeah, about yeah yeah that, that, one's, one's that one's tricky too i love his neutral B though i love yeah. the neutral B i haven't played oh. as him a lot i played as him um i think for the first two days he came out and i haven't played smash since well i'm still playing through the story so but now can i use can i use him in the in the adventure mode cuz that's my plan you sure can I don't know what what point. At some point in the story, all of your DLC characters will become unlocked. I think it's after you unlock so many characters. Okay. But I don't know specifically, but you well, I was will. just getting tired of playing as Link, and I hadn't really unlocked anybody else I, I liked as much. So mm-hmm. it's nice to have a backup. Well, Sephiroth in that game is definitely one of uh, He's very, very good. So I'm glad you enjoy him. It's a pretty awesome pick. Yeah. There's three left. Don't look forward to any more Final Fantasy. I highly doubt there will be another Final Fantasy. <sighs> That's okay. That's okay. I was I was excited just to get Sephiroth. So I was surprised. <laughs> yeah, I think most people were, but uh, I did the not level's nice level. too. The level is cool. Oh yeah, it's so it's so pretty. There's yeah. so much going on. Yeah, yeah. It was a little distracting. Oh, levels like that are usually not my favorite in the game. Because it just feels like it feels like a cop out to me to just take an area and just have a floating platform fly you through it. I, I'm just not a fan of that. But where seven seven uh, that one kind of takes you through events. Yeah, that it works a lot better for me. But I need like, to load it up when when I don't have to worry about actually fighting and just kind of watch everything. I got a little distracted, you know, playing the game. But mm-hmm. anyway, it's so good that that will tie into our conversation just in a little bit but i do have two quick pieces of news not a lot like i said it's been a crazy week so I, there may be something i miss here because it's just been hard to kind of pay attention but uh, two things i did want to point out coming up on february 5th 
They are going to have the announcement showcase for Final Fantasy XIV, so that's going to be live-streamed on Twitch and YouTube. And that's going to be at 5.30 Pacific, so that's, what, 8.30 Eastern? Um, so just I would keep record my re- live reaction to that, but I am not going to be available. Yeah, yeah, we were we were thinking about trying to do something, but, it, you know, timing with work and stuff just isn't working out. But that's okay. We will definitely be covering that uh, in an episode. We'll go over what, what kind of announced and stuff. So, you know, as we get into the beginning of February, we'll probably have a couple Final Fantasy fourteen heavy episodes just because that's where the announcement is. And, uh, you know, like I said, we're doing one of our interviews that ties into fourteen, And I think we're going to have a speculation show too. But now... One thing I did want to point out is they were planning to do a 14-hour stream, and this has been postponed, though. Uh, there's been some issues with uh, scheduling things safely with with COVID, I believe, so they have postponed that. I haven't seen when it's been rescheduled for, but when I do, I'll let you know. So just keep that in mind. Um, and then the other thing is just one of these, I, I like to do these uh you know, spotlights of merchandise when I think they're really cool. And, you know, I sent you this one on Twitter, Soloist, so I don't know if you actually saw it or not. But Vivi from Final Fantasy IX is joining the Action Doll series. So they tweeted this out, the Square Enix merchandise Twitter. This thing is super, super cute. Oh, I God. want it now. I yeah, want it it's so available bad. for pre-order. It's $70, which is a lot to ask for a plush. You know, it actually but, kind of is not. It's a lot lower than what I would expect from an official Square Enix. Okay, thing. sure. <laughs> <laughs> that I'll give you. I think it's a lot for a plush toy. So, okay. <laughs> okay, it's a lot for a plush toy, but it's not that bad for a Square Enix licensed plush toy. <laughs> How's that sound? <laughs> but it's neat. <laughs> I want it's, it. I want it. It's I'm well, super cute. You know what's really cool about this gift? Um... Or sorry, I, I'm getting ahead of myself. You know what's really yeah. cool about? Oh, no, I you see. Know, I, I know exactly where you're going with this. Uh, yeah, a certain um, show host has a birthday coming up next month. Okay. Okay. Mm. So this means that you might get this sometime by the fall. That's how that works, right? Birthday plus five, six months. Listen, three of those <laughs> months are not my fault. Okay. So I, that, hey, that, I did I, get it. I did get it. That's yeah. the small thing. It's on my desk now. It's, it's right next to my computer. So it just kind of uh, is with yeah, me all day. That thing is super duper bad looking. I think I'm sorry. Oh no, I really like it. Really? Have you, you taken a look at its face? Its face looks like somebody like put it in a blender. <laughs> no, it doesn't look that bad. He's the <laughs> guy there, man. He's the best looking guy there. What are you talking yeah, about? His face does look like it did in the original one, so I will <laughs> I will say that. No, I, I really like it. I really did like it a lot, so uh, thank you for that. Um, okay, we'll put that into consideration for birthday presents. I, I don't know. Well, actually, it's for pre-order. I don't even know if it'll be out by then. Who cares? I'll wait. Release date. Well, it says December 2020. Release date is approximate. I think they missed the mark on that one. <laughs> so. Anyway, yeah. that's kind of all the news that I had for the week. Like I said, I apologize if we missed something. I'll try to make sure to catch it next week, though. It's just been it's been nuts with stuff going on around here. But today's topic, as I kind of alluded to, and actually, if you follow us on Twitter, you already kind of know. I've been doing one of those 30-day challenges. You know what I'm talking about? I've been doing two of them, actually. Mm-hmm. So apparently, they put one out for the Final Fantasy 30th anniversary. Yeah, we missed that. So. But um, I did find one, and I've been doing it, 
And I think I'm up to day eight now or something like that. Well, in yesterday's, it was our favorite antagonist. So I, you know, I tweeted out my pick and then, you know, you came to me and was like, hey, this would be fun. Let's let's talk about that this week. So that's what we're going to be doing. And uh, uh, the other challenge I'm doing, by the way, is a music challenge, 30 days of music. So you might want to get on that. It's kind of fun. Um, making me think about some of the tracks that I hadn't really even considered before, but I would probably get three in and forget about it. And... <laughs> well, you know, yesterday I did them at like 1130 because yeah. I'm laying down. I'm like, oh, man, I forgot to do it. But so far, I haven't missed a day. So uh, uh, I'm going to keep with it. But yeah, so that's what we're going to be talking about this week is our favorite antagonists from the series. What makes them such a great antagonist? Why we like them? You know, and and I guess kind of just what makes for a good antagonist. So now I'm we just are going to talk about more than one antagonist today, right? Yeah, yeah, sure, okay. of course. So um, originally, I had planned to pick three, but that was really hard to do. So we'll see how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll talk till we run out of time. How's that? Um, I am going to start because I've already spoiled myself on Twitter. Um, so you know, if you follow us at all on Twitter, you already know what picks. So. And, I, you know, I don't think we're going to have too many disagreements today, but we'll see. You know, I've said that before and we've ended up we've ended up not agreeing. But my first pick for just overall great antagonist is and this will come as no surprise to anybody because we've talked about it before. Sephiroth. And, and and let me tell you why. OK, are you ready? Are you ready? I'm going to tell you why. I just there's something about his presence in that game that it, he he feels like this constant threat. And I like it when my villains kind of feel like that. So it was, um, you know, tying it into like Warcraft, you like that, you know, like Wrath of the Lich King, where the the Lich King kind of kept popping up throughout that expansion. Sephiroth kind of does that in Final Fantasy VII. You keep seeing him. He's a constant kind of threat in your life. And then if you look at the remake as well, it's even more so. He shows up earlier. Things are happening. He's, He's more of a presence there. And I remember, you know, back when I actually played Final Fantasy VII for the first time, he was scary. I mean, slight spoilers here, but the the scene when you're in Shinra Tower and you get you get captured and you're you're in the cells and you wake up the next morning and the cells unlocked and there's just blood everywhere and smears of stuff just like all over the place, and you're like, what is happening? And then when you finally make it up to the top and you see Sephiroth and he's murdered the president, you're like, what? It's just like, and from that moment on, he is just this constant threat. And, and I like that. I like that a lot. What, what do you think? I, I know that you're a fan of Sephiroth too, so I don't expect you to have any major arguments, but I want to hear what you want to well, say. Yeah, my first pick is Sephiroth as well. Now, none of none of what I'm going to talk about is like necessarily Sephiroth's number one. I really... Yeah, I don't have these, these in any order. Yeah, these are in no order for me either. But, you know, while I was thinking about this last night, um, there are multiple things that go into making a good villain for anything, for a book, for a movie, for anything. And the only one you I really personally ever hear people talking about is that a villain needs to be sympathetic, that if you can see why the villain would do what they do, that makes them a good villain. And that's true. It does make them a good villain. But that is not something that has to happen for a villain. Right. Do you agree with that? I think. I, yeah, I think there are multiple I things. Think, I do think that the villain, if you can see the villain's point of view, it adds an extra layer of depth to the villain. Absolutely. And I do think it elevates them. 
but I don't think it's necessary to have a good villain for them. Sometimes, sometimes it's just okay to have a villain that's just like evil mm-hmm. uh, and just to like, just to really not like, but I, yeah. I do prefer, like, I don't know if I would say sympathetic because it, it's, it's hard for me sometimes to sympathize with the villain, but when the villain, when I can say, Oh God, I can see it from their point of view. It's wrong, but I can see where they're coming from. I do like that. And, yeah. And, not not to cut you off or anything. I do think there's a little bit of that with Sephiroth. Um, yeah, I can kind of see where he's coming from once you kind of get into like more about his backstory and stuff. And that that's kind of one of my points is a lot of Final Fantasy villains are sympathetic in that way. You can you can see where yeah. they're coming from and you can um, kind of understand. Okay, if I were in their shoes, I might do the same thing. Yeah. Now my thing is that a lot of people act like a good villain is required to be sympathetic that if you don't see why a villain would be doing what they're doing, then they're a bad villain, which isn't the case. It's no, just I, I something say. It's just something that makes a good villain a good villain. Well, I will now, say it's harder to have a good villain that you can't understand. Now, I'll just say like it's it, you can still have a good villain that's not sympathetic, but it, you have to handle it better. It's it's easy to make a bad villain not sympathetic. Does yeah. That make sense? Yeah, my point is is that that's not the only thing that makes a good villain. <laughs> like, that's my point. I'll like agree. if if you don't have sympathy, like a villain could just be downright evil and want everything to die. Sometimes and, it's okay to just punch the Nazi. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know I mean? yeah, seriously, and like that can still that is harder to make a good villain. I think it is. But a villain can still be a good villain through sheer terror and fear alone and intimidation. You don't have to understand why they're doing what they're doing, and you don't. They don't have to give you a reason. They're just bad like bowser there's no big reason why he wants to kidnap peach he just does and he's an iconic villain for that now with sephiroth he you you said there's sympathy for him i i think so too but not as much as other villains in the series okay, but not sympathy because i don't really sympathize with him but like i i understand like i understand why he feels the way he does, does that makes sense like i don't feel like mm-hmm. he's very sympathetic but like once you kind of learn like how he feels betrayed and then all of this stuff. Yeah. He definitely goes way too far, way too fast, but yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I think the thing that Sephiroth drives home more than anything is his mystery. Um, Oh yeah. Because if I remember about seven correctly, you don't technically see Sephiroth until the end, but you don't know that. I mean, that's, you don't, yeah, you don't know that. So like the Sephiroth that you've been seeing is kind of like him effing with clouds head right like okay the story of seven and you know i said it already before when we started this but there will be spoilers as we're talking about villains it's it's just almost inevitable but yeah it's been a little bit since i've and the story of seven is gets kind of complicated but yeah he physically is at the northern crater the entire game i'm pretty sure Mm -hmm. and then most of it is um I think different like projections of Genova, like the Genova cells and stuff are kind of messing with stuff. But yeah, I don't think you ever physically run into him until towards the end of the game. Yeah. And that really is what drove Sephiroth home for me when I first played the game, because he was terrifying and mysterious because he was there the whole time, but he wasn't. So it's like his looming presence alone was enough to establish such intimidation that when you finally did see him, it was like honestly kind of unsettling. Oh yeah. 
to yeah, be honest. And when you find out what he's been doing the whole time and his plan makes sense to me too. I mean, that's, that's the other thing is sometimes when you, you got these villains that aren't as strong and you, you see their plan, like, I don't like the villains that are like, I want to destroy the world to destroy the world. And it's like, what's, what do you gain from that? I don't necessarily like those type of villains. I kind of got what, what Sephiroth was trying to do in summoning meteor and injuring the earth and being at the point to where all of that life stream would converge so that he could absorb it, its power. I mean, that, that, made sense to me is what he was trying to do. And it wasn't just a, you know, killing people's cool, you know? So I, I like that. And what, to your point, he's scary. And he, because of how he's kind of projecting like that, he can kind of just pop up anywhere. Like you, I think at one point, don't you go out to sea and he's, he makes it on the boat too. It's like he, mm-hmm. he could pop up at any point and you never really knew when Sephiroth was going to just show up. I mean, he shows up in smash brothers. I mean, come on. He literally will just show up anywhere. Yeah, absolutely. Although he is a little obsessive. He is kind of like that clingy ex that, that just won't leave Cloud alone. <laughs> it's, it's the relationship between Cloud and Sephiroth is hilarious. Yeah. Oh, it's not supposed to be at all. I know, I know. But the memes are hilarious. It's just like, he doesn't really want to kill Cloud. He just wants to screw with him until Cloud eventually just goes insane. Yeah. You know, and another thing I think that makes for a really good villain is just uh, their presence and the way that they're presented. And there's there, I don't think any villain has a more iconic scene. You might argue with me here, but let's see what you think. I, I don't think any villain in the series has a more iconic scene than when Sephiroth looks up with the flames behind him and turns around and walks through the flames. Ah, uh, well, sir. You certainly do not remember Kefka saying, "There's sand on my boots." <laughs> I hope you let joking. me make sure. Let me make sure I've got that quote right. <laughs> There's a snake in my boots, Edgar. You pinhead! Why do you have to live out here in the middle of the stinking desert? Oh, that's not it. Um. Oh, ahem, there's sand on my boots. <laughs> uh, you, sand you, is you, capitalized. <laughs> yeah. all right i mean that's you're giving me a run for my money there but i still you stand son by. of a submarine <laughs> <laughs> I, I, uh, I just th- there's something about that scene that totally sets the like the tone for who you're dealing with and oh i i literally i was i was trying to think i couldn't think of another moment that a villain has that is as iconic as the the fire scene with with uh, Sephiroth. For me, it's not the most iconic. I think in I think in terms of impact, it's probably the most iconic. But for me personally, it's not. Oh, what's yours then? For me, it's when Kuja goes trance. Okay, you know that's that's a good scene. I guess yeah. what I'm what I'm getting at that is a great scene in that in that game. It is a huge like, moment, build up moment, and it it it's a big payoff for that game. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it has the same kind of impact as the the fire scene. It's just well, this is I'm, again. I'm I'm speaking personally. I think in terms of the series and the general person, the fire scene is most iconic because I mean it's all it's even his victory screen in Smash Bros. Like it wouldn't yeah. be his victory screen if it wasn't iconic. But um, for me, it's it's not. I saw the Kuja thing first, so well, I guess I guess what I'm trying to say is the fire scene. If you just see the fire scene out of context, 
it will tell you exactly what kind of character Sephiroth is. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you, I feel like you need a little more context when, with the, with the Kuja going trance scene. Like if you took away the dialogue and stuff, I don't think it would really define his character as much. Does that make sense? Um, I, see, I see where you're coming from. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's just kind of what I was getting. I was like, no words yeah. that scene just totally tells you almost everything you need to know about Sephiroth is he's a badass. He's evil. And uh, he's probably going to kill you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, it does convey that really well. Um, So what is another villain that you have in mind? I've got two more I want to talk about. Okay. Do you want to go or do you want me to do another one? Uh, I'll go. Okay. Um, so on one end, you know, you have Sephiroth, who's this mysterious and intimidating, sympathetic, quote unquote, villain, right? Yeah. On the complete opposite spectrum. Kefka is one of the scariest villains I've ever seen in any game of my life. He is freaking terrifying. I mean, seriously. Okay, first of all, he is hilarious. Like, I I, I read off a few quotes earlier. He is hilarious. But... (laughs) And he's a clown. We we know how you feel about clowns. Yeah, no, I hate clowns a lot. Yeah. Um, So here's the thing. I'm going to be as, like, spoiler-free as possible especially for you who hasn't played this game. That's fair. Even though we just spoiled a lot of seven. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to, for my next pick too, I'm going to be vague as well. Okay. Cause a lot of what makes these villains really good is shock value. And I feel like we can describe them without spoiling too much. Sure. But sure. Kefka is not anywhere near as sympathetic for, or as Sephiroth, who isn't really sympathetic as you said, but yeah. he is just insane. He's a lot like the Joker. Yeah, I was going to say, obviously, very similar characters. He's obviously inspired, but he is just literally wants nothing but to watch everything burn. He doesn't want to rule everything. He wants everything to burn because he's insane. Like, here's the thing. As you said earlier, I don't necessarily like a villain that just wants things to die to die. And I, I agree. If there's no reason for it, it's a little bad. But the thing that makes Kefka so scary and so intimidating is that he doesn't have a reason for it, but he does. He has the best reason at the same time. There is no character development reason that he wants everything in the world to be ruined other than he's insane and he just wants it. And it works for him because he's a freaking clown and he's absolutely terrifying. Now, there is some build up to why he wants it, not necessarily as payoffy as Sephiroth or my other pick in this list. Yeah. But it is a hundred percent just unsettling. And when you get to the end, his quotes at the end, right before you fight him are just, ugh. yeah. I mean, ugh. the more you talk about, it, the more you want me to, the more you're making me want to play six again and, and actually well, pay more attention to it. Let me just put it like this. Is, I'm still in the middle of five and got all this other stuff. And yeah. I really, I really kind of want to get to it, but I, I, I don't want to bail on one and go to the other. The thing about six is that this is one of the rare games in the series that the villain wins at one point. You go to stop. You made it to this point, so I can say it. You yeah. go to stop Kefka, but you can't. And he wins. And you wake up in the world of ruin, a world that's already been ruined by him. And you have to go find him. You don't see him again until you find him to fight him. And when you do, he is a god. 
dancing mad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I actually like that. I, I like that. And that was one of the big highlights for me in, uh, spoiler alert, coming up again, uh, Final Fantasy fifteen. I actually really liked the moment when you kind of lose. Yeah. You know? And actually, awesome. the moment you lose on, I think that game is like 10 out of 10. I love so the last little bit of that game. So good. And yeah. I, I liked more than anything the callback to six there. Because when we woke, I wasn't expecting it, first of all. Like, I went there, and then he woke up with a beard. I said, how did that happen? He looks so much cooler. I wish he'd look like that the whole game. It said World of Ruin, and I was like, wait a minute. You mean like... Ah, oh, so cool. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so cool. But yeah, Kafka gets that pick for me because he is terrifying and he he needs no reason to be terrifying. He's an insane clown. If you want him to give you a reason, he's he's going to stab you for no reason. Well, it's kind of like you said, he he has some obvious parallels with the Joker from DC mm-hmm. Comics. And there's obviously something about that that archetype of character that works. Because I mean, how old is the Joker? 70 now? 70 years? 1942? or not? Well, I don't know when the Joker came out, but it was it was early. I mean, so that, that character's been around, and there's obviously something compelling about that. And I think, I think what makes it different than just wanting to watch the world burn to watch the world burn, because what I was more talking about were those villains that have all their faculties, and they're like, I'm going to destroy the world or take over the world. And you're like, okay, but why? But with, with the Joker and with Kefka, it's... It, the the mystery is they they have a reason you know they have a reason but you don't know what that reason is and it's their their chaotic randomness that makes them so terrifying because you never know what to expect from these characters but you know that in their head it makes sense like for the Joker it's literally just this big game that he plays with Batman like that's what he's doing it, 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 he needs no other justification. And Kefka's kind of in the same boat to where, like, while his motivations and what he wants to do has come off as more of that, just like, aha, I'm evil. It works. It works in the way that they've written the character. And that's what I was kind of saying is, like, you can have a great villain without making them super sympathetic and understandable. It's just harder. And I do think that in the in the form of Kefka, I think they succeeded. Yep. I do too. I think it's great. The more we record this show, uh, the more I want to play six again. So yeah, the more we record the show, the more I want to give six another try. Cause like I said, I didn't, I didn't not like it. It's just been so long since I played it and I don't rem- remember a lot about it. And I, I did get overwhelmed with the cast of characters. I need to just kind of focus on the story, go through it. And I think honestly, that's what I need to do with five. Because I'm getting, you know, I got a little sidetracked during side quests and, and dungeons and stuff. And I'm like, it, it was kind of losing me a little bit. I think I just need to get back in there, get back on the story and go through it from there. And I, I think I'll be having a better time because I, I kind of was grinding out stuff and trying to level up my blue mage. And I was just I was starting to lose interest. So I, I think that that's the way I need to approach these games, because the more you talk about Kefka and the more you talk about, you know, Final Fantasy six in general, I kind of want to move on and and re-experience that from from an older perspective you definitely should it's it's good all right so uh my turn again right yep so my next pick isn't necessarily so much of a villain i'll say as more of a general antagonist but one of my favorite antagonists from the series itself 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> Their release dates, the way that they do things. No. Kingdom um, Hearts 3. <laughs> I loved Kingdom Hearts 3. Stop. Okay. I'm just being <laughs> just funny. I'm just being it. funny. Uh, it's Cypher from Final Fantasy 8. I really like him as an antagonist for a couple reasons. One, um, it kind of goes back to that whole sympathetic antagonist. I, I always, and you might you might not remember because it's been a while since you've attempted eight, but I always did have kind of a soft spot for Cypher. He reminded me a lot of just uh, Raphael from the Ninja Turtles. Uh, not not really a bad guy, but incredibly hot headed, and he kind of lets his emotions get the better of him, and it it always seems to work out bad for him. So when the game comes on, you're, you're sitting on your, your seed field exam, and Cypher is put as your commander for the mission, which, which does tell me that he is not only a capable student that they have, but has also at least proven himself enough to be put in that position of power. And then from then, it's a combination of his own, his own bravado, his own uh, just overconfidence in himself that slowly just kind of starts winding him down this path, this villain path that just gets him on the wrong side of history in this game. But he never really becomes that full-blown villain. You know, there's always that part of him that is still like that deep down that's still kind of just like a lost boy. You know what I mean? Just like just like a lost child that needs some help. And, and again, spoilers, but I do like that at the end, he has had a little bit of his redemption. Like he gets knocked down a peg and it, it seems that he's finally kind of made his peace with who he is and, and those around him. And I like that. It's a good arc. And especially for someone who's not the main villain of that game. Like he's someone that is a, a side antagonist at best. He's not the main threat, but he's a very compelling character and he's he's an interesting case study to kind of follow as you as you go through the game. Plus, he he's also proven himself to be very skilled because there's only two Gunblade users in that game, and it's it's Squall and Cipher. With just slightly different circumstances, Cipher could have been the protagonist of that game, and that's what I think makes him a good antagonist. It's just an example of like the choices you make and what paths they can set you down. So he was my second pick. I don't have much to comment there. I. Yeah, I, I figured you were. Him, but I, I don't remember I, him at all. You don't remember him? Like, well, like I, don't, as a character? I don't remember oh. anything about him. I know who he is. Well, when you do your eight playthrough, just kind of pay attention to, to Cypher. I think I remember worth... him more from Kingdom Hearts 2 than I do from 8. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's yeah. true. He's kind of a jerk in there. But he is an 8, too, from what I remember. I only yeah. ever remember the bomb, not the bombing mission. That's 7. The, <laughs> the train mission? Uh, the first thing you do. Oh, the seed mission. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was yeah. talking about. Yeah, yeah. That. Yeah. Well, I think that also the thing that makes it a little more interesting is in the very beginning, it's uh, it's Cypher that Renault was crushing on. So, I mean, you know, I she... I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. And I, I like that because she actually was kind of infatuated with him. And uh, that's kind of how everybody ends up meeting and stuff like that through, through that. But... Uh, it's good. Yeah, I, I like Cypher. He was my second pick. Again, not a not a major villain, but definitely an antagonist worth uh, worth mentioning, I think. Yeah, I see that. And I like that he's not the main antagonist either. I tried to think of a non-main antagonist that I could talk about, but I couldn't think of any at all. Yeah. Well, what's your next one? 
Um, well, okay. My next one combines everything I like about the two that I've already mentioned, which is Kuja. I yeah, love... I, I figured Kuja would make it on this list. Yeah. Um, Kuja might be as my favorite. As long as favorite. you don't say Necron, we're good. Kuja might be my favorite villain. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I, I don't know. I do, I do know it's between him and Kafka, so I'll have to replay both of these games to really see. Now, I'm not, I'm going to be super vague, okay? Super vague because I think all the realizations about Kuja and Nine are amazing. If you're listening to this podcast, you more than likely already know them, but in the slight chance that you don't, I'm going to save one big spoiler. I'm going to be very vague about that spoiler. One thing that is really good about um, Kuja is his parallel with Zidane. Yeah, I was uh, actually going to say that too. They play off each other so well to something that calls back to Cloud and Sephiroth, how well they play off of each other. And the big thing is that it doesn't start that way. It starts because Kuja's rivalry with Zidane also helps Zidane's relationship with Dagger because his whole rivalry with Kuja began because of Dagger. Like Zidane hated him because of everything that he was doing with Dagger's mom and everything mm-hmm. it had nothing to do with Zidane, but he hated him because it was hurting Dagger. And then throughout the game, it completely shifts to where Kuja has nothing to do with Dagger anymore and is entirely focused on Zidane. And when that happens, you'll see why you'll see what goes on. It's amazing. Those events lead Kuja up to be super Duper sympathetic to me. Most sympathetic in the series, I think. He he is a very sympathetic villain. I, I, I noticed that as well going through. Living in the shadow of somebody else, I know I've suffered with most of my life, so it sucked for me. Now, the thing that is super cool about Kuja is that this sympath- the, the sympathism... However you would say that, I don't know. Sympathy? <laughs> sympathy. Yeah, the sympathy, whatever. The sympathy. Sympathism. I'm leaving that in. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I can't think about my war. You should watch my Let's Plays. If I get talking, I just, I start thinking about what I'm going to say, but not how I'm going to say it. So I make you up words. in life. I, <laughs> like I, 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 conversation I, with you. I stumble over everything I say. That sympathy does not lead you to say, oh, that's why Kuja's doing this. Okay. Yeah, no, it leads Kuja to turn into Kefka. Mm. And that's why I love it. It's not, oh, that's why he's set up this masterful plan. Oh, so brilliant. Oh, I feel so sorry for you. No, you feel bad for him. And he's like, yeah, I feel bad for me, too. I'm going to go insane and kill everything. <laughs> and it's like, whoa, wait, whoa, whoa, man. Okay, I don't feel that bad for you. But I can see why you did that. Kuja was one of the villains, and it's rare, but he's one of the villains that where when you when you're kind of going into your your final confrontation with him, you still kind of want to save him a little bit. You know what I mean? Like yeah. most ones, I'm like, all right, Sephiroth, you gotta go. Like, I cannot wait to just destroy you. But with Kuja, it's like, um, I don't know. Like, I I, I don't know. I, I still felt like maybe we could reach him a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, there's still part of that in there. And, you know, a lot of the stuff you just said parallels with what I was just talking about with Squall and Cypher. You know, I mean, I, I never realized it till you said that, but the connection there starts out with Renoa and Cypher, and then that kind of breaks away. But by the end, Cypher, you're still kind of like, dude, come back to us. And I feel like Kooch is the same way, you know, just come back from the edge. You don't have to do this. 
Yeah. Whereas Sephiroth, you're like, dude, just die already, man. <laughs> and that was a big thing for me is that I started off that game hating Kuja. Like his design is a little weird yeah. and questionable. Um, he was just he just seemed like pompous and arrogant for no reason. Yeah. But that was mystery. That mystery was shrouded and it shroud that shroud started to vanish over the game. It wasn't an info dump. You started getting more and more hints as to why he was doing that until you got the dump that I'm not going to talk about that made you go, oh, my God, that's kind of it's kind of messed up, isn't it? And then, well, he thought so, too. And yeah. he um, when he goes into trance, it is terrifying because he goes from pompous and arrogant to Kefka. Yeah. Murder, murder, murder. If I'm going to die, everyone's going to die with me. Yeah, and, you and know, that know. also plays so well on Vivi's story as well. Oh yeah, the yeah, whole theme of nine is death and being okay with it. Yeah, it, the, it's about acceptance, about yeah. acceptance of things you can't change, of death, of of moving forward. Uh, it nine has some very very good themes. Amazing themes. As far as story goes, nine is definitely one of the best Final Fantasies. I know I. I know I say I put it mid-tier. Oh, you know, some of that has to do gameplay and all that stuff, character design, all that stuff for me. However, if you just look at the narrative that Nine tells, it is one of the most beautifully crafted and well-told stories in the entire series. A hundred percent agree. I mean, I, I, will, I even will say that with it not being even one of my favorite games. It is... The, the characters are also very good. Uh, the way that they interact the characters are very well developed, especially when you're talking about Vivi, especially when you're talking about Kuja, you know, those, those characters, they, they drive the story, which is weird because, you know, Zidane's your main character, but Vivi is what drives most of the themes. You know, if you really think about it, he is the driving force for a lot of the game about the themes of death and acceptance and just, you know, being okay with the life you're given instead of focusing on the life you don't have. Mm. And, and then you have Quinna, who doesn't really do anything for the story. <laughs> well, I... I'm, I'm just playing. I, I don't I, feel like... I don't feel like Vivi's the center of it all. I, I don't. I think... You see, what I love so much about Nine, and I've discovered this, because, you know, I love Nine a lot, and I think most of my love for Nine throughout my childhood was out of repentance of you bullying me growing up, hating on it for no reason, just to get a reaction out of me. So I feel like that drove my love for a game I didn't understand all that well. <laughs> As I grew up and I played the game more and more and was actually understanding the deep themes. The thing I love about Nine is the thing I love about One Piece so much. Is that it is about a group of people who each have their own problem that is fixed by a centric main character. Because in a way, everybody's problem in that game, everybody's ambition in that game is met by Zidane. Now, one thing Nine does that One Piece doesn't do is that after helping everybody, you know, he helps Armorant not be so Armorant. Yeah. He helps Vivi with acceptance more. He helps Dagger with acceptance. He helps Steiner get that giant metal rod out of his butt. He helps... Um, Maybe find him some pants. <laughs> did leave Steiner alone. He's so fun. I, uh, <laughs> I love him. I love everything about Steiner. Um, he helps make no sense. Quinna. You know, Quinna is a joke character. Qu all Quinna wants to do is eat, and yeah. Quinna would have never went around the world if it hadn't been for Zidane to eat everything. 
Zidane is the central focus for helping everybody push forward. And the main theme is acceptance. I think you think that because Vivi's acceptance story is deeper than everybody's and it l- kind of lasts the longest. Well, it's it's the summation at the end, too, yeah. Yeah, and it's directly related to Kuja's, too. But yeah. the big now the, the big thing about me is that when Zidane reaches his breaking point and everybody, he needs everybody to help him, that everyone can repay. Now, that's what I feel. I feel like the whole story revolves around Zidane helping people, and it even reaches off to the end with Kuja. Again, I'm going to be as vague as I can, but he helps Kuja. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. I actually don't want to say any more than that. But um, said too much. I feel like that the themes of this game is acceptance. And every character has something they have to accept that Zidane yeah. helps them realize. For sure. And that's why ever since 9, I've always thought, why do I love... My top three favorite characters ever are Zidane, Sonic, and Luffy. And I had to ask myself, I was like, these characters are so goofy, not serious, and stupid IQ-wise. They're all stupid. I was like, (laughs) I don't like edgy characters. I don't like stoic badasses. I just don't. Yeah, we both like Sephiroth. Villains are a completely different story. (laughs) I like Kefka, so there's that. Um, I had to ask myself, and it's, it's because of the way Nine set up its main character. And I can't relate to a character that's too serious, in my opinion. And Kuja's perfectly balances or perfectly counteracts with that goofy lightheartedness of Zidane. And um, it's the perfect protagonist and antagonist relationship, in my opinion, that I would probably put on the top of my list. Even though the game, and I'm going to say it and not you, the game takes away the ultimate satisfying conclusion of having him be your final. Now, why would you mountain? take that from me? You know, I've been waiting to say that since we started. You've been waiting to say that. What are you talking about? I feel like you say that every time you see me. I'm in, in this conversation. Sure, you make sure every time you see me in person, <laughs> at one point, you make sure to tell me how much you hate Necron. Here's the thing. It's, it's exactly what you said. Part of my hatred for that character is exactly what you said, because it takes away from who should have had that moment. And that's, that's, and so, I mean, we're, we're kind of agreeing here is it's like, I, the final moment should have been about Kuja and then it's not. And that's, that's one of the reasons I just hate that character that is just because Kuja is everything you just said. He's, he's a great antagonist whose story parallels, not only with the main protagonist, but Vivi as well. And then you have this huge moment where everything comes to a head and then you're like, it almost feels like they're like, okay, well, here's something else. So that that's my main beef with him is is it just it removes I don't know it doesn't necessarily cheapen it, but it feels like it tries to downplay it, and I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Kuja is like everything you said because it's because I like Kuja so much is why I hate Necron so much. Part of me feels like they added in Necron so that Kuja could have a reason to help you. And have a reason to yeah. have a change of heart, but then again, why couldn't the place have just been blowing up and then him have a change of heart that right. way? See, I I feel like it would have been better for me if he had just come to that realization, like you defeat him, and then he has this like "what have I done" moment instead of "oh crap, that big guy, a better help." You know, I I just there's not really anything I like about Necron. Now, if you take him out of context, that is a great boss fight. <laughs> like the music is great. 
the character, sure. the character design is great. Now, that is if you take it out of context. If it's in context, it doesn't make any sense at all. Now, I think Necron would have been the better super boss. I, I think they should have used his design and fight as the super boss, is what I think. Like if you read his dialogue, one thing I like about Necron is that if you read his dialogue, it doesn't give you any definitive answer as to what he is, but it leaves room for interpretation, which I don't mind at the end of stuff. In fact, I like I like games to leave a big open question mark that doesn't necessarily leave anything unanswered, but leaves room for speculations and fans to talk forever about what the heck that was. Yeah, I like that. I like that aspect. But I don't like it enough to warrant how much it took away from Kuja. That's just the positives I see in Necron. Yeah, okay. Anyway, I think I think that is enough Final Fantasy IX. Kuja is my pick. I've explained why. Being as spoiler-free as possible, play the game. So uh, what's your final pick? All right, yeah, we're one. running a little long, so we might not be able to go as in-depth on these last ones. But um, so, do you, are you done? You're done with Kuja? I'm done with nine. Don't let me talk about it anymore. No, it's always a good discussion. I mean, I, I like the pa- the passion you have for that game, even though it's not one of my favorites. I I like how passionately you talk about it. So that can change my life. I just love it so much. <clears throat> so that's why I let you go. Okay. <laughs> uh, my last one again is I don't know if I would say <laughs> okay. I can't really get into that sidebar without spoiling too much. Uh, so this is a main antagonist slash kind of not the main antagonist. But anyway, uh, my last pick was from Final Fantasy X and it's Jekt. Because, again, I, I like the dynamic that he has with his son, Titus. Like, I like how you start to learn more and more Titus. about... I like Titus. I like Titus because it sounds like an ocean tide. <laughs> what calling him Titus. <laughs> True. That is a good point. Anyway, uh, the the emotional connection or lack of emotional connection that those two characters have really builds out the dynamic. And it's interesting watching uh, Titus or Titus learn more about his father as he goes through the game. Like you find the Jack Spears, you find all this information. You learn more about who Jack was and why they had the relationship they did. What things Jack did that Titus didn't have any clue about. And it's it's interesting watching them interact while not interacting at the same time. Because Titus keeps interacting with with almost memories of this man. And at the same time, there's this other like overarching thing that's happening. And I just think that it makes for a very compelling story. And and so he was my last pick. I, I don't have like a lot to say about him, but oh, oh except for the fact that he has some banging boss music. <laughs> yeah, that it goes way too hard. Yeah. <laughs> it is so unexpected. But it's it's really good. One thing I do like about yeah, Jack Black is the tone of that game at all, but I am I'm there for it. One thing that um, I like about Jack a lot is how frustrating he is because you get the intro to the game, all the memories show how much of a dick he is. Yeah. He is yeah. a horrible person, but you hear nothing but great things about him. And it's yeah. so frustrating because it feels like you don't know the real side of this man, but I do. Yeah. So, and that's what I think is so interesting about that that dynamic and the story yeah. that they tell there. Um, it's so awesome i i agree i i need to play that game again because i don't really 
remember a whole bunch of the um, big thing re- reveals about him at the end. Yeah. Um, yeah. I will say though, um, even though it makes more sense in ten than it does in nine, I wish Jack had been the final boss. I it makes sense in ten why he wasn't. Yeah. But yeah, it, in ten, he almost couldn't have been because yeah. of the story they kind of laid out. But yeah. It, it would have been. He awesome. had very big, huge well, final boss potential. When you think about it, Jack is kind of the final boss because the final yeah. boss is more of a sequence than a fight. He's the final he challenge lose. for sure. Yeah, and he yeah. is the challenge for sure. All right. So, what is your last pick? I've already said all three of mine. Oh uh, wait, who are they? Oh, you agreed with me on Sephiroth for the first one. Was that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I was like, I only remember two. If you want me to pick another one, X Death. <laughs> I actually take I take that back. He's I think X Death is actually a pretty bad villain. I just think he has a funny design and a really stupid name. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. love that game, but that I don't like that villain. Well, that's kind of one of the things I had in mind when I was talking about villains that just want death. And here's my motivation: is death, 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 death. And then you can I, pick I, um, X Death. You can pick Zonde from Final Fantasy III, who you never see until your fight with him, but uh, just looks like a 60-year-old model that's had way too much plastic surgery in his face. You know who are some interesting villains, though? Are the Asians from Final Fantasy XIV. I was going to put um, Emmett Self on this list. Oh, well, yeah, he's a good but one. But I decided not to because I didn't think he fit up with those other three but he's very good villain too yeah i I think as a as a unit they are a good villain because they they have varied motivations but all kind of the same end goal uh and you get a little bit more about the inside of what they're trying to do in Shadowbringers. so they they're an honorable mention for me i have a really good villain who's that your created character in Final Fantasy fourteen, that dude will kill anything and anyone if you just pay him enough skill. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> it's the same reason. thing with WoW. Hey, go massacre this village. I'll give you 10 gold on my way. <laughs> yeah, another one is uh, extended maintenance hours. Yeah. That's another huge villain. Lo- you know, login queues. Another one is Square Enix releasing. What was yours? Another one is Square Enix releasing Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles in its state it was. But just Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles. <laughs> yeah, that's that. Okay, that's my number one pick. <laughs> uh, All right. Well, with that, uh, that brings us to yet another episode closed. Awesome discussion, as always. I think we had a uh, nice little mix of characters there. So good, good talk. So with that, though, where can we find you, man? So follow me on Twitter. It is at TV underscore with the underscore there, I think. Yeah. Um, so follow me on underscore TV or? Yeah, that's up. <laughs> follow me on YouTube at Soloist. Follow me on Twitch at Starcaller Soloist. Again, in February, we are starting a Final Fantasy long month of nothing but Final Fantasy streams. So be sure to check that out. We're playing through two and eight and playing some. I'm definitely there for eight. Yeah, two will go by quick. We're doing two and eight, and we're going to play a little bit of 14 here and there, and we're going to be making tier lists. We're going to be watching reaction content. We're going to be possibly playing some 11, too, so come check that out. That'll be great. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Never I played well. that. So that's it. That's it for it. me. Cool, cool. You know, you can follow me at Wolfkins, uh, but what you probably want to follow is the show itself, at Highland Herald on Twitter. We also have an Instagram. We're on Tumblr. We're all over the place. Uh, you can always send us a email at highwindherald at gmail.com. 
or you can go to highwindherald.com and you can view all of our episodes, all of our show notes, all of that stuff too. And of course, we're available on whatever podcast listener you're listening to us on right now. We just, you know, again, we ask that if you're enjoying the show, leave us a rating, leave us a review. It really helps kind of get the word out and helps boost the the show up a little bit. And, uh, you know, so drop us a note. And, you know, if you ever want to connect with the show, we also have a Discord channel, the link to which is always in our show notes and has been shared on Twitter recently as well. So, but yeah, we just, again, appreciate everybody listening. We're having a ball doing this. Uh, as we get into February, we are going to focus just a little bit on 14, just because there's some some big news coming out and and all that stuff. But don't worry, we've, we're still going to have our, you know, deep dive discussions into random topics throughout the series as a whole. Uh, which again brings me to another point. We're always looking for topic suggestions. We take them on Twitter, email, or in the Discord. So if you have an idea, drop us a line and we'll more than likely be able to get to it. So with that... Again, thank you for listening, and we will see you next week. Peace out.